Welcome to Extreme One to Watch. Extreme success is the result of working hard, dreaming big, learning from failure, loyalty, persistence, and resilience. It's very exciting today. We have Destiny Crane and myself, Dana Burnshaw, and one of our best good friends, not Bubba Gump, <laughs> but Wendy Wynn. That's right. I'll tell you what, we have done a million miles together, <laughs> haven't we? Yes, we have. It's been quite a journey. So let's walk, walk us through the journey of how you came uh, to join on with us and Burns and how you became who you are. Now, I know we have only like 30 minutes to do oh, this. So you're gonna have minutes. to hit the highlights. All right, all right. So, <laughs> you know what? I think that's a wonderful question. Uh, where did we begin? And you know, I never talk about the end. It's always about the beginning. And the beginning came for me um, with Burns and Dana and Destiny uh, by me walking into a store. And I had been running a junior rodeo association in Utah and I needed some prizes. And I went to Salina um, and I went downstairs and I was mesmerized by how much stuff there was. I was blown away. And I had this really great lady and she showed me around the store and told me all about everything in the store and I could not believe it. And I think she couldn't believe it. I didn't ask for a discount. I said, I'll pay what it's worth, but so she uh, helped me. And then I said, could I just ask who the owner of the store is? I would really like to say thank you. And she stuck her hand out and she said, my name's Dana Burnshaw and I'm the fifth generation owner. And maybe my skin crawled a little that day, but I was like, that was pretty magical, mm -hmm. pretty magical to meet the owner. And as we went up the stairs, she said, well, I have a question for you. I said, what's that? She said, well, what's your name? Is your name Wendy Wynn? And I said, it is. And she said, well, we have a mutual friend, Kevin Anderson. And he told me about you. Um, that we had done a benefit roping for his wife who had had cancer and that she needed to meet me. And she said, would you sell for me at the NFR? I said, man, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, let me ask my husband. He's a good guy, right? Went home and I kind of thought, yeah, right, she's never gonna call me back. And I was riding a bus home, being a volleyball coach and uh, coming from Oakley to Nephi and the phone rang and she said, would you come? So that's our start. That was a little bit of a start. Yeah, 20 some odd years ago, probably. It's been yeah. a while, a couple of decades. Um, just, you were so impressive, Wendy, from the day I met you. It was like, this gal has got to be on our team because that kind of dynamic you, you don't see every day. So uh, you've done so many thing, things in the equestrian world. You know, your start in Idaho, if you can tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, your types of events that you've done and, and then walk us through that a little bit. Man, your questions are good. I really like these. So um, I was born and raised in a small town in Grace, Idaho, about a thousand people and uh, I might, I'll hope not to get a little emotional here, but I grew up working hard, um, moving wheel lines and hand lines. And my mom and dad had a 4,000 acre ranch uh, and we had 250 head of milk cows. And I had a great example. Uh, I watched my mother get up every morning. I watched her walk outside, milk those cows in a, in a flat stall barn. And I also watched her go to school and teach school all day. I watched her come home, milk cows and uh, teach piano lessons and she did it day after day after day. But what I love so much about that example and what I learned was hard work. 
And I also learned passion. My mom was passionate about whatever she did, but she was passionate about me. And I really loved horses and I wanted to be a cowgirl and I wanted to marry a cowboy so much. I had followed rodeo and I showed cattle and I got to ride horses and I would disappear into the Idaho mountains and my mom would want to just choke me, <laughs> but she never could catch me. So, <laughs> right, I'm still alive. Uh, but just so many experiences of hard work, you know, and uh, growing up in a place where I had to survive. I had a little bit of a rough environment with a father. Um, and so it made me realize really um, after I left how I was raised for a certain reason. And you talk about dynamic and you talk about ethical and all the things that we want to become. It's because I had hardships and those hardships have made me who I am today. Oh, and you know what? It's it's not where where you come from, it's where you're going. And But those places where you came from is the thing that builds your character. To your point, you've had a lot that you've overcome. And you have a sweetheart when you said you wanted to marry a cowboy. How did you meet your cowboy? <laughs> this is the funny part. <laughs> um, a guy owed me a date with someone and I had just graduated high school and I moved to Logan, Utah, uh, Utah State University. And I was feeding calves at the dairy barn out at Utah State. And this buddy of mine, he was like, well, I got a date for you. And I'm like, well, who is it? And he's like, well, this guy, he, he's the night herdsman. And he's like, I'll show you him. And I'm like, okay, right? I'm young, I'm thinking, aha. I walk in and here's this old guy with thick glasses and tobacco in his mouth. I'm like, that guy's old, he's old. No, 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 you gotta come to this party, right? So I'm like, hey, fine, you owe me a date. He's like, he is a bull rider. I'm like, yeah, and he's like, and he has nice horses. I'm like, yeah. So I end up at a party. Um, I know some people would never imagine that, but I did end up at a party and they were there and I had the tightest yellow Wranglers on I probably could find and a white sweater. And my daughter told that story to some college girls last weekend. They dang near fell off the fence. Um, but it was kind of like, hey, you're hot, dude. And I watched him ride at the pro rodeo the year before and he won Coca-Cola Cowboy of the Night. So I met him that night and then the next day he's like, do you want to go ride horses? And I'm like, oh yeah. I want to ride horses. Like, yeah, I never thought I'd see that guy again, kind of like you. So he rolls in in his fancy little sports car right there in Logan, Utah, and I'm out mowing the lawn, hairs up, boxer shorts, had no idea. And he's like, want to go to dinner? I said, yeah. So we went to dinner. The next night, um, or that night, he said, do you want to go ride some horses tomorrow? I'm like, here's my chance, cowboy. <laughs> so I said, yeah, yeah. Well, he says, do you have a saddle? Oh yeah, I have a saddle. I was so proud of the saddle, you guys. When I was in high school, my mom and dad had lost their farm and I worked for a guy and I rode my bicycle probably 20 miles and I cleaned 25 stalls a day, morning and night before basketball and uh, I earned a saddle. Well, it was an old sheep herder saddle and I was really proud of it. And so he picked me up and we went and he says, well, catch this black horse. So I catch this black horse and come around and he's like, well, saddle that horse. So, you know, it's Mr. Cowboy, Mr. Wynn. So I saddle my horse and he's like, can you catch those other horses? I said, sure. So I go around the corner and catch the other horse. Well, I come back, my saddle's in the dirt. He goes, I said, what, what, are, you, what are you doing? He's like, who the hell taught you how to saddle a horse? I said, well, I did. 
Oh my gosh, you don't know how to do it. Well, let me tell you what, I can teach him how to saddle a horse now, right? So that was kind of it. it. It wasn't maybe magical, but 30 years later, he's my hero and it is magical. I'm, I'm really married to my best friend who, uh, he makes everybody's life better. Taught me how to love. Yes. And he's the Kansas State uh, rodeo coach. You guys run that program there, and I know you are a big inspiration in helping him uh, get a dream job of doing what he loves. And uh, I always love his hashtags, do what you love and love what you do, and, and uh, just a champion of a guy. Yep. So c congratulations on Thanks. that. Thanks. Yes, I, a I dynamic got, duo you It's a are. big win. I married a win. Big win. Win and win always. Yep. <laughs> you guys are. What a great couple. And you happen to have three children. We do. We do have three <laughs> that live in, in our home, but we have lots and lots of kids across the country who would call us mom and dad. Um, our oldest son is Dixon, and then we have a daughter, or a son, Shad. Who they say is my favorite. That's not true. And uh, our, oh. daughter, our daughter, our So don't play this on camera oh, because I know. I know. all three are equal. That's they're, right. They're all equal. Yeah. They are. Yep, they're remarkable. So if you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? That's an amazing question. Um, if I could be remembered for one thing, uh, I just wrote this down in a book this morning. It would be that I can be a servant leader, that others would see Christ through me. You certainly are that, Wendy. You have, you have accomplished so many things. Of all of the things you've accomplished, uh, what stands out for you that was, you know, one of those? Because I know you're such a, a goal getter and you go after everything and you set and, and we, I want to talk to you about, we want you to talk to us about that as well, of, of what the importance and how you achieve so much because you're such an achiever. So let's start there. Um, how do you set your goals and, and what's important to you and, and how do you achieve so many things in your life? I think you asked me that question, so I stopped weeping at the eyes. The wind's blowing in Las Vegas, I swear it's blowing. Um, you know, I am goal-driven, and I've been goal-driven my whole life. Uh, you know, I grew up playing basketball and a lot of athletics, and I, I probably learned that from my mom, right? I think goals and success come from work. And when you see someone put in the work and the hours, at some point, they win the game, the game of life, right? Um, there's so many achievements that I don't think that I could block them into a five minute spill. Um, but I think one of my greatest achievements is my family. And growing up, uh, I didn't really have a broken family, but there was a lot of contention and a lot of hardships and people not liking people and kids not understanding what was expected. And so as I grew up, I never wanted my kids to have that. I wanted to understand and I wanted them to know the Savior and I wanted to know the Savior. And, and I learned that a different way too. You know, I was raised with the gospel in my home, but I, I really didn't know the Savior till I was in my 20s. Um, but goal achieving, you know, it's, it's little steps. It's the 1% gradual climb. And so I wanted to be a CrossFit person. And so I started to go to CrossFit and I wanted to, have a healthy lifestyle and have a healthy body. And so I started teaching cycling. 
Um, but those things came because of other people. They saw something in me, just like you saw something in me. And so my goals and my succession are because people believe in me and I would hate to let them down. You know, I think that in all our travels and all our miles, you know, success is success. Um, you achieve goals, right? My sales goal, I've set some lofty goals. Um, and, and for a long time, I thought that was just something. And it's nothing uh, compared to having your children and having good friends and having dinners that are phenomenal with people who are smarter and brighter and better and all of those things just, I don't know, that's success in my book. Well, you've built so many relationships along the road. Um, you've, you take the Burns trailer and you go and you spread the word about saddle fitting and the importance of saddle fitting. And how did you kind of get into that lane and, and what helped propel you to be the expert that you are in that field? Uh, another great question. So the Burns trailer is 42 foot long and I do like to pull it. Um, and I like to pull it because it has a story. Everyone loves a story. Why do people like podcasts? Because it's a story, right? So number one, I get to open the door and I get to say, hey, I'm a part of something grand. 145 years, seven generations family owned. The smell, the work, it's not just my hands. When I open that door, it feels like your grandfather opens the door. Mm. Your story is my story. And why is that? Because you believed in me. You believed in me. Braden believed in me. The story, the story just comes because of belief. And that's easy. Why do I do it? Because I love you and I love me and I love people. And the saddle's the saddle. But what drives me to study? I'm gonna be the best at every game I'm in. And the best is doing what Heavenly Father wants you to do. And he wants us to go out and tell a great story about hard work and how can we employ 35 more people and how can we make Salina, Utah better? That's it. That's why I do it. Um, do I study it? I love it. I'm a horseman. Uh, I get to be around people like Larry D. Guy and I get to be around people like Hope Thompson, you know, eight-time world champion, five-time world champion. And you know what we have in common? the savior and and that fulfills me every day that trailer goes across the country this year i have 32,000 miles on that truck but you know and and we meet our goals right but it's just i don't know i love what i do i got that from casey <laughs> yeah right i just yes. love what i do well thanks well, for making us ball <laughs> <laughs> i know right <laughs> yes. well and you've helped so many through your journeys too so to help them with when they have issues with their horses and whatnot. So give us a couple tips of, of what people at home um, can look for in a proper saddle fit. And let's try to stop crying. <laughs> yeah, try. Man, the wind's bad. Don't turn this one sad, will you? Okay. okay. This is like no, a this Barbara is good. Walters turn on me. <laughs> um, so saddle fitting is important. And it's important because we spend so much money feeding our horses, riding our horses, entering great events where you can go win more money, right? So at home, I would tell people to, it's, it's not rocket science. Look at your saddle, know your horse, and know how he feels. And 
If your saddle tips down, you probably need a little more pad. If your horse can't move right and he can't get his hips under him, then really think about, okay, is it my hands? I'm the pilot to the plane. Is it the plane, right? Or is it the flying mechanisms that help me go fast? And then just eliminate what doesn't work. It could be just a pad. It could be a cinch. It could be a bit or, you know, those kind of things. Um, and then I think just what's it made out of? You spend so much money on a horse and it's not inexpensive. If, if you're riding a $10,000 horse in a $2 saddle, maybe you should have a little check, right? It's not gonna last. At some point it's gonna break down. When things break down, it, it gets in your horse's way. So uh, keep it simple, stupid. It's easy. Horse, horse saddle fitting is, is easy, really. Well, so many people don't understand it. I mean, they really think that every saddle is created equal. And to your point, you buy it right or you're gonna be buying it twice. And, and uh, with, with what I, one of many things I love about you and the way you look at things is you're very open to it, but you'll absolutely help them if, if they have an issue and they can retrade or if their horses, um, if they lose a horse and get a new horse or whatever, because how many different body types do you really feel like there are? Is it, I mean, a lot of people think they can have one saddle that will blanket for everything. And, and you know, you've, you've, you literally fit over a thousand horses a year. When you see a horse and the barrel horse game is a little different than any of the other disciplines, sure. uh, are there three sizes? Are there 10? Is Do they have certain looks to them that you look for when you're fitting? Yeah, cool question. Um, you know, if you fit on an average of 600 to 800 horses, the majority of those horses are standard si size. So for me, a standard size horse is just a regular quarter horse, probably gonna weigh 800 to 1200 pounds, has a little bit of a, you know, scapula withers, good rib structure, good hips, not bulky and big. Um, when I got into the saddle fitting business and I really wanted to, uh, my mind just, I probably have ADD and I probably need some kind of slowdown medicine, but it doesn't work, right? But I couldn't understand why they would put such a wide, big saddle on a little bitty horse. And so as I just, I, number one, I found a guy who would allow us to take a tree in the raw wood and design what we wanted. Um, I have lots of friends in the tree industry and a lot of them are, their ideas are their ideas. And so I feel fortunate that we were able to find someone who let us create our own design. And as we did that, you know, you fit all these horses, well, I'm a stats person, right? That comes from playing basketball. I, I wanna know, how does your rigging fit? I wanna know, how does the cinch perform? I wanna know what pad you're riding. I wanna know, how's that saddle field? What's the rigging in it? What's it positioned at? So I write down every note. So for the last seven years, I have, I don't know, stacks of notebooks, right? And if we go back through them, and I, one year I fit a thousand horses, and our 20 tree, which I developed first for that standard size horse, fit eight, 300, or what, it fit 600, 865, 865 horses, right? So outside of that, then that tree maker, I would change it and say, I need a two degree flare on the 20 or a three degree flare on the 20. And after about 20 or 30 of those, he said, Winnie, just make another tree. Sure enough. So then comes along the 10, then comes along the 30. Well, then the 40, I met a girl, Carrie Arsent, who's a rep for us now um, in North Dakota. And she had an own son of Stoli. Good looking sucker. 
couldn't find a saddle to fit him. We went through the trailer and then we had all different kinds of saddles, right? So that's something fun too. You get to look at everybody's saddle. That's why you're, you try to be polite and kind and understand, but man, I'm in the back taking notes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the Einstein of why, why, right? Why does it work? Be curious. So as I did that, um, and I just went through things, we couldn't find a saddle to fit her horse. And I said, you know what? We should just design a 40. There's a ton of 40 horses in North Dakota, South Dakota, South Texas. I just told a little gal this today. You get here in the Western United States, horses thin up, a lot more running blood. And, yeah. and you have a lot more 20s here. 30s, you find them in, you know, Iowa, Minnesota, Michigan. Horses, people don't understand. I don't think how great the horse community is everywhere. It's not Oklahoma, it's not just Texas. There is some real horse flesh in the North, real horse flesh and real cowboys, like yeah. amazing people, amazing. Yeah. Well, and that's what's been great about you expanding into the Midwest. And now you've traveled probably 20, 30 states mm -hmm. and you you've found that awareness that regions have different sized horses, have different types of feed that they're putting in the horses. There's so many variables to having a, a saddle and a horse come together. And so I, I think that that's, and how it's evolved over the, as you talked about that sheep herder saddle. Yeah. I mean, back then, yeah. I mean, the old saddles when, when my grandfather made them, they were so much smaller and the cowboys were yeah. smaller and people are getting bigger and horses are getting bigger and yeah. we're using them for so many different disciplines. And True. it's just, uh, it's really great to see how, how this all has evolved. And certainly you've helped advance Burn Saddlery uh, to its 145th year and to get out in the front and learning more about uh, and we put on barrel racing and we put all of our focus on how can we build the very best barrel racing saddle uh, so that it would help eliminate all of these sore horses and all of the problems that they weren't being able to get uh, to the pen because they had sore horses. Yeah, it's the, the extreme race really, I think, opened the door for us too. Before I left for the Midwest, um, we had got, you know, some saddles going and we had some ideas and we'd played with the trees. And we went to Reno and Destiny had a great idea to bring all their barrel racers back, right? And then we were like, oh yeah, we're here. We have these saddles. And now we're like, yeah, well, we got to fit them all. And then we just started to run down the stairs with trees and run down the stairs with saddles. and. You know, it's the same thing. Why did that happen? Because of relationships. Destiny knew there was a need in the industry for horses to make more money. So that on Equistats, they could sell those horses for more money. It all goes back to the simple things in life. One person helping another person, another person helping another person. Burns events, Burns salary, Burns 1876, saddle fitting with Wendy Wynn. All of those things unite women and men and friendships and relationships and that's the best thing if there's nothing else that we get through in life that's it that's what we take with us so you guys are the heroes for me today oh you got my start 
You know, we, we are so fortunate that our journeys came together and we all aligned the same vision and we all brought things together. So, and it was for something outside of us. And then to be able to build this up and watch as the horses have uh, developed and evolved and the ground has developed and evolved and and I just smile at where it's going. Where do you think it's going, Wendy? <laughs> where are we going with this? Man, um, I, shoot, the, the windshield is big and I get to spend some time behind it and I don't think that we can even put a cap on where we're going. Um, I look at really where we have been and just the information and we're so unique. We're so unique. There's no one in the whole country, and I've traveled the country, and I know some of the very best in the industry. They don't have what we have. They don't have the relationships. They don't have client services like we do. They don't have the leather like we do. They don't have a story like we do. Um, they don't have races like we do. They don't have us. And all and, those manufacturers that, I mean, we um, have now, we're up to about 50 artisans and you get yeah. to go to the shop <laughs> and they love, I mean, Wendy comes in and she's kind of quality control a little bit. <laughs> they, they don't and love me all the time. They don't love you all the time. <laughs> no. But she usually brings treats. Yeah, I do. She tries yeah. to sugarcoat them. It's yep. like the, the little Oreo. It's like, we're talking about this and I'm going to give you a little treat here and yep. then we're going to, but it's always about getting improvement of what we've done because it's, that's one of our mantras is constant never ending improvement and it takes all of us to see because we all see different things that can help improve that can help improve the barrel racing we love when people come to us and tell us how we can improve oh, yeah. because if we're not open to listen and learn we'll never get better yeah. and our thing is to constantly and never ending quit getting better at what we do and you've done so much to help us in that and have opened up um, a bigger lane for us. We've, for 145 years, we've always had the same lane, but we've added lots of lanes to that. And uh, it's been such a pleasure to, to uh, we have so, we have books worth of great yes. stories. Yes. That we've, yes. So, oh, yes. so let's yes. finish with what, the funny one. Yes, what's your favorite <laughs> on the road, um, funny? Fun, fun, funny. Okay, uh, uh, two stand out, I guess, in quick, quick to foot, right? So one of my favorite times was when Destiny and I, I talked her into going to the Oklahoma team roping, the USTRC finals. And I am a team roper and she is a barrel racer, but we have a lot of little quirky things that are funny and kind of the same. And Dana too, we love the same foods. We do a lot of the same things. We think the same thoughts, which I think is so cool. But we skated, we skated a sketchy, sketchy hotel in Oklahoma City. And we had to carry all this wood that Braden thought was so cool to set up the boots. And here's two girls in our, I think I might've been 30 then, I don't know. But we put it on upside down. So then we look at it and we can't make it work and we don't wanna call home and so she's like, Oh, I don't know. I don't, I'm like, oh, I don't know either. And so we got it all put together and we had a pretty good show, but it was a lot of team roving for Destiny. And I'm sure she was like, really, Wendy? Can we just go home now? I said, no, no. So then we're in the sketchy hotel, right? Go back to the sketchy hotel. My husband will tell you that I could sleep through a tornado and I probably have. 
Well, we walk in and there's all these guys and they're like, hey, ladies. And Dusty's like, come on, just go in the room. Come on, just go in the room. And she's like the old mother hen. So, right, we just we just go in the room. Well, I crash. I'm tired. Like, I'd worked hard that day. I'm sure she had too. Well, some guy in the middle of the night is just, let me in. Let me in. And I don't even hear it. And the door is rocking up. back and forth like he's almost coming in. She wakes up in the morning and she's like, did you hear that guy? I'm like, what guy? There was nobody. She's like, no, they were at the door and they were going to come in. And Casey, I was on the phone and he's like, hey. She, she, they would jump over you, steal her, and you would never know. So that's probably my, my, one of my most favorites is that. And on the way home, we had run into this YouTube video about fire and this, this woman. And we still, to this day, ain't got time for that. When we're sweet brown. Yep. yep. Sweet brown. Sweet brown. brown. <laughs> Look it up. Sweet yeah. brown. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got I time for that. Kept us awake on the 20 plus hour drive yep. home. Yep. So, so that's probably my favorite. And, you know, Dana, there, there have been, uh, both of you, there have been so many funny ones. But I think one of my favorites, and I do talk about this a lot, but I think it was my first or second year in Las Vegas, and I am a small town girl. I learned how to drive on a tractor. I hadn't been past Salt Lake City. Like, I got lost in Salt Lake City traffic at 17. So I come to the big lights, and Scott, your husband is in Oklahoma coming home through an ice storm, and you're Doing like- Doing a raining show. Yeah, he's like, let's just go, let's go downtown, and I'm gonna show you the Bellagio and Caesar's Palace, and I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> so we went like three or four days in a row and we got tickets to the rodeo yeah. and we were just talking about how thoughts become things. And I'm like, well, I would really like to have great seats. Row three, gold buckle. Yeah. VIP um, parking. Yep, we sw just squoze right in there so fast. Dirt was flying on it us from was. the arena. It was amazing. You just thought it's so easy to do this. Yep, and then we went to this really great place um, for dinner and I could not believe but they brought raw meat on a platter and I'm like oh my and then we had raspberries and cream and we shared them and I was so impressed and I remember calling home and I'm like this is the life for me and he was like yeah now he calls me I'm like what day is it I want to come home exactly. so then we um Next day, I was like, rearing around. I'm like, where are we going to go tonight, right? And I knock on Dana's door. Door opens. She's in bed. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, reading. I have turned you in for a book. Go to bed. I'm like, what? What? So he with, wore me out. With the winds and the shaws, and we've had videos where I couldn't say shaw, crane, crane, shaw. Um, you know, life's an adventure. Sure and is. where we're going, I think that one thing stands out to me the most is this arena. And when I was a little girl, I had lots of dreams and I had lots of visions. And what you guys have done for the barrel racing industry and humanity is beyond words. And when you step in this arena, it's different because they'll win life-changing checks, but they're gonna have life-changing relationships. And that, my friends, I learned from you, and I'm really glad for that. Wow. 
Well, how do we top that one? <laughs> we are so appreciative of Wendy Wynn and what she does for you, the barrel racers. And we hope that you have been able to experience a Wendy Women moment as well. And uh, she gives the best saddle fits, but not only that is she will build that relationship and she'll take great notes and she'll make sure that you get the right saddle for you and your horse. And we really appreciate all of you. And it's been a fun episode <laughs> yes. here with Wendy Wynn. Yeah. And we'll see you down the road at Extreme One to Watch. Thanks for listening to Extreme One to Watch. Please subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends and family, and join us on our next episode of Extreme One to Watch.